You're listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both blessed and challenged by this teaching. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely, He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wing you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I'd like to talk to you uh, about all of those verses tonight and the picture uh, that they're drawing for you. Uh, It really is talking uh, about how we have an enemy of our soul who wants to bring destruction. He wants to bring terror. He wants to bring evil into your life. He wants to bring all of those things, the trap that the fowler sets. He wants to bring pestilence. He wants to bring sickness. He wants to bring all of these things into your life. And the Bible says that there is a place in God, a secret place, a place of intimate dwelling where we are safe from those things. You say, well, Rhea, how is that, and what does that really look like? And that's what I want uh, to talk to you about tonight. But would you just pray with me first? Father God, I thank you so much for your word. It is powerful, Lord. It's active, and it never returns void, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I know that tonight as it goes forth, it's your word and not mine, and your word has power, and it is the power to transform, and I pray that it would do that in this place tonight. Lord, you know that I'm so excited about what I'm going to teach, but yet, Lord, I know uh, that I feel so unprepared and inadequate, and I thank you that in you, (laughs) I have all I need. That in my weakness, you will always be made strong. I pray, Father, that you would bring to mind the things that I need to remember. And Lord, I'm asking you to help me to clearly and effectively minister your word. Lord, your word says that when you taught, people were amazed because you taught as one with authority. Lord, would you grant me authority with your word tonight? Would you help me to boldly and confidently preach it? And Lord, I pray that the ears of those who hear would be ripe and ready to hear. 
and that they would receive your truth without hindrances. I come against any hindrance to your truth going forth tonight in the name of Jesus. And I declare and decree that nothing can stop it. The word of the Lord endures forever. The flower fades and the grass withers, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. And I thank you that the word that's going forth tonight will stand forever in the hearts and the minds of each person that hears it. Lord, I'm decreeing that. I thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven and that you are the word, Lord. And I pray that you'd manifest yourself as the word goes forth in this place tonight, Lord, that you would bring clarity with your presence and with your manifest, uh, Lord, with the manifestation of your Holy Spirit. Bring revelation, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you know that there's a force in you? A force that overcomes the darkness. Did you understand that we live in a world where light and darkness are at constant opposition to each other? I, I think sometimes we fool ourselves when we think that, that this is all there is to life, that, that what we see is all there is to life. But can I tell you that there is a force operating in the background of all of our lives? Do you understand that? There's a spiritual realm where if God were to open that realm to us right now, we would be amazed by what we see. We would see demons and angels fighting. We would see the darkness and the light like we've never seen it before. Did you understand that you don't need to go to a horror movie to see darkness? You don't need to go see Star Wars to see darkness. It's operating all around you and I every single day of our life. And yet we're unaware of it. The Bible says that we should not be unaware of the enemy's schemes. But yet we operate every day of our life ignorant of it, unaware of it, acting like this is all there is and I'm going to soak up every moment of life and get every moment of joy and excitement out of it that I possibly can and yet we're unaware that we're playing right into the enemy's hands and we're not even aware that, that, that we are tripping into darkness at, at any given moment instead of resisting the darkness. Dave and I went to see Star Wars the other night. Have, has anybody seen it in this room? Yeah. No, not really. Not many of you, huh? Hmm. I didn't want to go see it either. I, I did it. <laughs> I, I'm not a, I, I'm not that, I don't like those kind of movies at all. I'm a love story kind of woman. And, but, but Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to teach me to speak his love language. And he is that kind of guy. And he loves those kind of movies. And, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, anything like that, he, he loves. And, and so he asked me to go see this movie. I, I really wanted him to take Danny or one of the boys because I just thought, you know, they'd all like that. And I didn't have to see it that way. But but he really wanted me to, to do that on a date night with him. And, and he sat through plenty of love stories. So I thought, well, I could do that. But I'm going to tell you, I, I was really smiling on the outside. But on the inside, I was dreading every last moment of it. And, and so we got to the movie theater. And I was like, Lord, just please let me have a good attitude about this. I don't want him to know that I don't want to do this. But I really don't want to do this. I don't want to see this movie. I don't like scary movies. And I knew it was dark. And, and I just didn't want to see it. And, and so I, I just asked the Lord to just please change my attitude Little did I know he was going to birth a sermon as I watched it. And so um, I, I just want to uh, tell you a little bit about the movie tonight. 
So let me just say that, spoiler alert here. And so if you're going to see it, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you what happens. <laughs> it's really quite a good movie. I can find a sermon in anything, but let me just tell you how it starts. It starts uh, with this young lady. Her name is Ray, and, and she's a scavenger. And we see it. We see the way she's dressed is, is really in rags, and, and she's orphaned, and she's alone fending for herself. <laughs> and she's barely existing. She's just surviving. And, and we see the first, oh, I don't know, Dave, what, 15 minutes of the movie is all about her scavenging, all about her barely surviving. And, and yet she's tough, and, and, but she's barely surviving. And we find out in the movie that she's been orphaned, so to say, and, and she is left alone to fend for herself. And, and so we watch Ray, she's the central character of this movie, and, and we watch her throughout the movie. What we find out is that she has a force in her. You know, the force is with you. The movie is called Star Wars, The Force Awakens. And Ray has this force within her, but she has no idea she has it. She is oblivious to it. She's so busy surviving. She's so busy just getting by that she has no clue that this force is in her. And it's a force that can resist the darkness. You see, Star Wars is all about a dark side and the light side. It's all about uh, the darkness and the resistance, they call themselves. I love it. It's such a good picture. Now, Ray is part of the resistance. She just doesn't know it yet. She's part of the light side. She just doesn't know it yet. Can I just tell you that you and I, sometimes as Christians, can be scavengers. We can be barely getting by. We can just be existing in life, unaware that we have a force within us. Can I tell you that you have a force within you? The Holy Spirit resides within you. Can I tell you that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. Do you understand that kind of force? If you don't just try to go home and find a cemetery and go into it and just try to raise somebody from the dead, it takes power to raise somebody from the dead. It takes a force to raise somebody from the dead. And that force lives inside of you and I as Christians, as believers. And yet, like Ray, so many of us live our life just barely getting by, barely surviving, the darkness coming at us and us not knowing how to resist it not even aware, totally oblivious to the fact that we have a power, a force within us. I was struck by the fact that the dark side knew she had the force. They were completely aware of the force. They just did not want it to awaken. Remember, Star Wars, the force awakens. They didn't want it to awaken within her. They wanted her to stay oblivious. Can I tell you, the enemy of your soul, the darkness, is aware that you and I have a force within us. And he does not want it to awaken. He does not want us to begin to tap in to that force within us. Oh, but he knows it's there. There's a scene where, where the, the bad guy uh, is talking to his lower bad guy, and, and he says, the force is awakening. It's really good. I wish I could play it for you tonight. They knew she had it, and they did not want her to tap into it because they knew they didn't stand a chance if she did. Can I tell you, the enemy of your soul knows he doesn't stand a chance 
if you and I begin to tap into the power, the force within us. And so throughout the movie, we see the, the, the good and bad, the dark and the light contending against each other, and it appears that the darkness is winning. Oh, can I tell you, it might appear that the darkness is winning in this world today, but can I just assure you that they don't stand a chance? But we've got to rise up, church, and understand who we are. We have to understand the force within us instead of playing in to the dark hands. And so one of my favorite scenes is when Ray, uh, what was the guy's name? Kylo? The really bad guy. He's bad. He wears a dark mask. It's really ugly. It's kind of scary. I don't like it. But he has her in a chair, and he's interrogating her, and she's terrified. You can see it in her face. And she has a secret, and he wants to get it out of her. And he's interrogating her, and, and, and he has her pinned down in this chair and, and tied down. And, and he's coming at her, and he's really scaring her, and he has a force within him. And he's using it against her to keep her pinned down in that chair. And she looks terrified, and then something changes. The force starts to awaken within her. And just for a moment, she realizes that she can resist him. That she's got a force bigger and greater than him in her. Can I tell you? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. You just don't always realize it. And so throughout the movie, we see Ray learning to tap into this force. And, and the struggle is there. We see one moment, darkness looks like it's winning. The next, she's learning to tap into it. And darkness gets, gets weakened. And, and that force, the dark force, doesn't have a chance when she's tapped into it. And so she's learning throughout the movie. The movie's actually really fun to watch because you see that struggle taking place. And you just want to say, Ray, come on, tap into that thing. Don't forget who you are. But it's interesting, she does forget who she is because at one point, they say to her, who are you? And she says, I'm no one. And you, I just want to cry for her at that point. And some of you, if I were to ask you tonight who you are, you would say, I'm no one. I'm, I'm really nobody special. I'm really feeling kind of worthless. Uh, I really, you know, so many other people are more gifted than I am, more talented than I am, are better than I am. Who are you? I'm no one. Can I just tell you, you are somebody, somebody extraordinary, somebody of great value. You are God's treasured possession. Do you understand that? Do you know who you are? The spirit of the living God lives within you. Oh, baby, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Is that just so good? I just love it. I love that. Why do we not understand who we are? And the dark side does not want you to know who you are. The enemy of your soul wants to keep you paralyzed, living in fear of him, little do you and I realize he has already been overcome on the cross of Calvary? On the cross of Calvary, Christ defeated hell, death, and the grave. He has no power. He is rendered powerless. The Bible says that Christ triumphed over him, made a spectacle. One of my favorite scriptures, he made a spectacle of him on the cross of Calvary. And yet, we allow him to pin us into a, a position of weakness and terrorize us and steal from us, and interrogate us with his lies and his deceit. 
while there's a force within us that could very easily resist him because he's already been defeated. Do you know that you and I are the resistance? We are the resistance. We've not been orphaned. We are sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He did not leave us as orphans, the scripture says. He has given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. There's a force within you. There's a force within you. The Bible talks about John the Baptist, and I love it. He is leading the way for Jesus. He's preparing the way for Jesus, and he's baptizing. And at one point, he says, I baptize with water, but one who's coming is mightier than I, and I'm not even fit to untie his sandals. And, I, and while I baptize with water, he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. He's going to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you've been immersed in the Holy Spirit? Baptized in the Holy Spirit. You got a power in you. Darkness cannot overcome the light in us. Light always overcomes darkness. You can walk into a light to a dark room and hit a light switch, and light will always overcome the darkness. It doesn't work the other way around. Light always overcomes. You and I are the light. We are light. Christ is the light of this world. And the light within us is a force that we can tap into, a power that will overcome darkness and render it powerless against us. But the trick, church, is to, to, to learn how to tap into this source, to the power of the Holy Spirit within us and begin to utilize all that is available to us in Christ Jesus. We can live defeated by the darkness and allow it to overpower us, or we can choose to tap into the force within us and render the enemy's tactics useless and push back the darkness trying to overcome us. Who is the squawniest person in this room? Teeny tiny, skinny little person. Karen, play with me. Come up here. Come up here. Anybody smaller than Karen that I can push around? <laughs> Liz, come here, darling. Where is she at? She's not here. Somebody tiny, get up here. <laughs> She's pretty strong, though. I don't want tiny and strong. I want tiny and squawny. James 4, 7 says, submit to God and resist the devil, and he will do what? Flee. You and I are called to resist the devil. Ray was part of the resistance. She resisted darkness. I want to just have you, I'm sorry, you have to be darkness. <laughs> And I'm just going to be me, strong and mighty. I want you to try to drag me over there. The enemy comes to try. She is strong. The enemy comes to try to drag us, to entice us, to pull us into his trap. Do you understand Psalm 91? The fowler, the trapper, tries to entice us. And we can play right along and come. Or we can resist him. And what will he do? Flee. Flee. Did I hurt you, darling? You are strong. That was 
good, wasn't it? Come on. I saw T.D. Jakes do that. I just loved it. He's a whole lot bigger than I am, though. Do, do you see that? Do you see what just happened there? She could entice me. She could pull me. She could drag me into what she wanted me to do, or I could resist. I didn't have to fight, although the Bible says that we wrestle against flesh. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against what? Principalities and evil forces. Let's look at the scripture. Uh, turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Oh, Don, you're already there. You're so good. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We are not contending. I like wrestling. One of the versions says wrestling. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Oh, the darkness. And against the spiritual forces, there's the word forces, of evil in the heavenly realms. Can I tell you, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I could have wrestled with sweet little thing there. I, I, I didn't have to wrestle. I just had to resist. Do you see it? But I would have wrestled if I had to. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. See, that's where we go wrong. We think, I think, I'll just tell you about my life, okay? I, I, I'm, not, I'm preaching what I'm learning. I, I'm not preaching what I've mastered. I'm preaching what I am in the process of learning, but I am learning it. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your battle is not against the person who you think is your enemy. Your battle is not against uh, uh, somebody at work. Your battle is not against your spouse. A, a mouth battle is not going to get you anywhere because you do not battle against flesh and blood. Your battle is not against your mother-in-law. Your battle is not against one of your children. Your battle is never, ever, ever. Can you, if you don't take any other notes tonight, if you don't let anything else penetrate your mind tonight, let this one penetrate. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. You don't wrestle against them. Stop trying to. It's going to get you nowhere. Instead, this is God's word. God's word says this. Our battle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Oh, can I tell you, this world, the enemy, there is a God, little g, God of this world. The devil. He is the God of the atmosphere. That's why an atmosphere, what is, happens in an atmosphere a atmosphere can change anything. I love it. When I walk in someplace, when Leslie and I go away on the weekends, we're prayed up when we walk in there. Can I tell you, we've spent time in prayer. And for me, it's almost fun to walk into a place and, and change the atmosphere. Because I know I host the holy. I know God lives inside of me. And the atmosphere is where the enemy likes to work. He is the God of the atmosphere. And I love to change it. I love to understand the force within me and change the atmosphere. That's why, why don't people want to, you know, the people say Christians need to stay out of the bars. Are you kidding me? Go disciple in a bar. Go evangelize in a bar. Because you can change the atmosphere. You house the holy. Change the atmosphere. He's the ruler of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil. 
in the heavenly realms. There is evil going on around you all the time, a force of evil, a force of darkness all the time. I'm not trying to gross you out. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to terrorize you because more greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. But we cannot be unaware. Yeah, I'm not telling you. Can I tell you the devil wants me to teach fun stuff with you and, 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 and watered down messages and he wants me to tickle your ears and not challenge you and not teach you the hard stuff. He wants you to be unaware of this. He does not want you to be aware of what he's doing. He wants you to be ignorant of his devices. You're not battling against flesh and blood. Stop trying to fight people. Start battling and resisting the devil. Resist. Did you see me resist? It was hard, but I did it. When, when Ray learned to resist, she had to really focus to resist him. Let's look at that passage, James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Can, can I just go back to Ephesians chapter 6 for a moment? Uh, we, we, oh no, I'll, I'll visit that again. Somebody remind me to go back there. Let's go to James chapter 4 first. James chapter 4. Don, do we have that scripture? Yes. Uh, let me just find my notes here. Uh, the word of God says that we need to submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That word submit there, let's go back and revisit Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow, under the authority of the Almighty. Remember we talked about that and how we come close to God in his word and in obedience and, and in prayer and, and spending time with him. That word submit, it means to arrange under. <laughs> Sounds a whole lot like the shadow, doesn't it? To subordinate, to put in subjection, uh, to subject oneself to, to obey, to submit to one's control. People say, oh, you don't need to obey God. It's, it's New Testament. You, you've been saved by grace. Yes, you have. Submit to God. Obey him. Fall under his authority. Come in subjection to his word. You don't have to. But you're not going to go to the next verse, Don. You're not going to be able to resist the devil if you don't. Because you see, part of resisting is submitting. When I submit to God, I really am resisting the, the devil. Do you, do you see that? Don, go to that next uh, definition of submit. Uh, the word submit is a Greek military term. This is Rick Renner, I think, said this. Uh, oh, no, this was, uh, this was part of um, the Strong's Concordance. This word was a Greek military term, meaning to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. In non-military use, it was a voluntary, somebody say voluntary. It was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility. <laughs> it's me saying, I'm falling under your authority, Lord. I, I am a soldier. I just read a script. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. <laughs> oh, I love it. Can I tell you, we can't afford to get involved in the affairs of this life. We can't. 
We are on, uh, this is a war. Do you understand? This is a war that we're fighting. This is a matter of life and death. Do you understand that, that we are put here to battle? It is a battle that we're in. We can't be unaware of that. And no man who enlists in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. I really don't care about the sale at Boston store. I don't. I don't care how many coupons you have and how great your deal was. I really don't care uh, about the the smorgasbord that's taking place at your favorite restaurant. I I don't care. Those are minor details for me. I can't afford to to be distracted with the affairs of this life because I'm in a war and I'm fighting. And I want to be a frontliner. I don't know about you, but I want to be a frontliner because I want to please the one who enlisted me as a soldier. Submit to God. Fall under his authority. Get in line with what he's doing. And do it, Don, go back to that, to that military term. And, and, and non-military use, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in. <laughs> Can I tell you, every single day, I choose, I set before you life and death, Rhea. Sometimes I choose death, but I'm getting better. I've set before you life and death, choose life. It's a voluntary attitude of giving in. Lord, I want to do something different. I want to react a different way. I want to slap somebody silly. But I'm going to fall in line. And I'm going to practice a voluntary attitude of giving in and falling under your authority, under your lordship. I'm going to be insubordinate to you. I must submit to you because I understand, Lord, that when I do that, I resist the devil automatically. Do you you know what that word resist the devil? Do you know what devil is there? This is so good. You've heard me teach this before. It's diabolos. It means one who comes alongside throwing. And he's throwing to get penetration. Diabolos. Do you know what he's throwing? Lies. Accusations. And he wants to penetrate your mind. Deception. Temptation. He's throwing it, and he's throwing it, and throwing it, and throwing it until he gets penetration. He's going to keep throwing it, and keep throwing it, and keep throwing it until he gets penetration. That's why he comes alongside, one who comes alongside, one who comes alongside and throws. Here's what he does. You're no good. You're a loser. Nobody likes you. You're nothing. Everybody's annoyed with you. You're never going to amount to anything. People are going to reject you. If they really knew who you were, they wouldn't love you. Come on. Eat that apple. He'll never know. Indulge in that temptation. He'll never know. Nobody will ever find out. Look at that screen. Check out that pornography. Nobody will ever know. You're not hurting anybody. Flirt with him a little bit. Your husband will never find out. You're just having fun. Nobody will ever know. Cheat on your taxes. Oh, the government has so much money anyway. You're just one person. Who's going to know? And he keeps throwing and throwing and throwing until he gets penetration. And our job is to resist. And we resist by submitting to God, falling under his authority, falling under his lordship, saying, what does your word say? This is what he's throwing at me. This is what he wants me to believe. But what does your word say? And I'm going to voluntarily fall in line with that. 
I'm going to believe that over what he's throwing at me. Resist the devil and he will what? That word flee is really interesting there. Uh, Don, do we have that definition? Uh, the word flee there means, no? Hmm, I have it. The word flee means to, huh, Lord, help me to find it. The word flee means to flee away, seek safety by flight. It's a metaphor for to flee something abhorrent, to escape safely out of danger. Now, Don, there's another portion of that definition that talks about fleeing, uh, fleeing out of fear. Can you find that one? Fleeing a nation, I believe it talks about. But, but what happens is, submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. When I submit to God and I submit to his word and I fall under his authority, it's abhorrent to the devil. Can I just tell you, it's abhorrent. He hates it. He hates God's word. He hates when I'm walking in authority to it. Rick Runner says that word flee means it's used to depict a lawbreaker who flees in terror from a nation where he broke the law. The reason he flees so quickly is that he wants to escape the persecution process. You see, the devil knows that when you submit to God, when you submit to his authority, when you fall under his lordship, when you resist him, that he's powerless, that he's in trouble, that his tactic isn't going to stand anymore, that he has to leave you until a more opportune time. You see, that's what happened in the wilderness when, when the devil came to tempt Jesus. What does, what does the word say? He came to tempt Jesus. Now, he didn't just tempt Jesus. He was good with his temptation. Can I tell you, he knows exactly what your weakness is. Uh, when, when Satan, in the book of Job, when Satan appeared before God, God said to him, Job, where have you been? Or he said, Satan, where have you been? And Satan says, I've been roaming the earth. I've been patrolling the, the earth and looking for. Do you know what he's looking for? Weaknesses and vulnerability. He's surveying your life. Even right now, he is surveying your life. From the time you were born, he started surveying your life. And he was looking for weaknesses. He was looking for vulnerabilities. Because you're born with a bent. You're born in iniquity with a bent. And your family line has a bent of weaknesses. And the devil knows it. And he's not going to waste his time. He will not waste his time tempting me with broccoli. It doesn't work. I hate it. But he can put a piece of chocolate cake in front of me and I will fall for it hook, line, and sinker. Do you know, mm, I won't go there, Lord. He knows your weaknesses. He's studied your life. He's patrolling the earth, looking for vulnerabilities and weaknesses. He will not waste his temptation with something that doesn't appeal to you. He's calculated. And he will tempt you when you're unaware because he wants to entice you and draw you away into his trap. He does not want you to resist him. That's why you can't be unaware of his schemes. You can't be unaware of his schemes. Resist the devil, and he will flee. I looked up the word resistance in the Cambridge Dictionary, and it defines it as the act of fighting against something that's attacking you and refusing to accept it. We've got to get to the point where we understand. 
we understand the tactics of the enemy and we refuse to accept them, that we fight against them in our life. Submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, I just, I, I just, I have a little bit more I want you to see tonight, and, and stay with me here, because I don't want to lose you. This is a vital passage, I think, uh, to really, uh, to, to take this to the next level. Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, let's look at verse 43. This is Jesus speaking, it's in red, and I, I, Jesus, I love T.D. Jakes is one of my favorite preachers, and and one of the things T.D. Jakes says all the time is that uh, sometimes when you see Jesus speaking in the Word of God, you really, uh, you know, we need to be careful that we're paying attention, and not just sometimes, all the time we need to be careful that we're paying attention, but sometimes when Jesus is speaking, what he's doing is he's really showing us another level that we haven't thought of, that that we don't normally in the natural have access to, and so we really need to look deeper into it, and T.D. Jakes says he gives us an ultrasound view. And that just tickles me because I've been pregnant. And so I understand ultrasounds. I understand that I can be carrying a child and I can see on the outside, I have something inside of me, but I can't see that child. I don't have any pictures of that child. I know I'm carrying it. I know it's, it's there, but, but I, I can't see it. I, I need something deeper to give me a picture of that. That's what an ultrasound does. An ultrasound shows me what I can't see in the natural. And can I tell you, sometimes Jesus gives us an ultrasound view of scripture that we can't see any other way, and this is one of them. He takes something that we see in the natural, and he gives us a spiritual view of it that we couldn't normally see, and and this is one of those passages. Verse 43 says, when an unclean spirit, and that word unclean is is really quite interesting. Look it up when you have a moment, And, and most often it refers to a sensual or a sexual spirit. But an unclean spirit, and the word spirit is really, now write this down if, if, you're, if you're taking notes. The word spirit there is really passions, affections, desires, emotions. Uh, it's a life-giving force. So your body is, is, is life. You have life because you're passionate. You have life because you have desires and they make you happy. You have life because you have emotions that make you feel high highs and low lows. Are you with me? It's a life-giving force. And so, an unclean spirit. And here, the word spirit is really talking about a disembodied spirit. Uh, Can I tell you that demons are disembodied spirits? Are you with me? Disembodied, without a body. They need a body to function. Oh, some of you are already with me. They need a body to function. A spirit of rage... (laughs) needs a mouth to use to rage. It needs a fist to use to rage. A spirit of adultery needs a body to lay in a bed uh, and, and sleep with a man that's not your husband. A spirit of, uh, of addiction needs somebody who's going to drink the alcohol or, or put the, the coin in the, in the slot machine or shoot up with a, with a syringe. Are you with me? A disembodied spirit looking for a body to inhabit. The Bible says don't give place to the devil. Don't give him a territory, a place to act from in your life. 
an occasion to act. Are you with me? Please stay with me. Focus on what I'm saying because this is going to change your life. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through the dry places. Oh, we're coming back to that. Seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return uh, to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Jesus is, is, is talking to us and he's, he's really giving us a picture. I, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody delivered from a demon. I don't know if you've ever seen one manifest in somebody. wasn't long ago. I was in the it, it, teaching Bible study on a Monday night, and, and the place had cleared out. It was just a couple of us left, and, and where Cheryl is sitting right now, there, there was a young lady sitting there, and, and everybody else had emptied out, but she was still sitting there, and, and so we were ready to leave, and so I went down the aisle to go talk to her. I was going to pray with her, and as I approached her, she went like this. And I immediately knew what it was. You see, it was the darkness resisting the light in me. It, it was, it was the, 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 the influence of the enemy and her recognizing the authority in me and knowing it didn't stand a chance. It did not stand a chance. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody possessed by a devil. Leslie and I were in Austin, Texas, and, and there was a young lady there, and, and, and her name was, I won't even tell you her name, and she was a pastor's daughter who had been molested over and over and over throughout her life and she was broken and she was hurting and they told us that she had come to this conference year after year after year after year and nobody could help her but she kept coming back and it didn't take long when we stood in her presence to know immediately that, that she was deeply influenced by, by, the, by, by the enemy I would say possessed by the enemy and so we prayed with her that night, and, and I knew something happened. I knew it with every ounce of my being, but, but it was clear. Can I tell you? It was clear what, what, was, what was taking up residency within her, and we came against it with authority. And I will tell you that the next morning, Leslie, if I'm lying, I'm dying, you could see her countenance had changed. We barely recognized her. She sent us a picture of her just recently, and we were like, is that even the same woman that was such a big change in her life you see I've seen people delivered I, I've seen it I know that, that it's I know that it's real I know that it exists but you see in this passage Jesus has given me an ultrasound view and he's saying Rhea you see the countenance change you you see the behaviors but let me tell you what really happens in the spiritual realm let me tell you my view let me tell you what I see I see that when when a spirit leaves a man hmm, when he leaves a man he, he goes and he looks for the, the, the dry places. Oh, I want to go back to your scripture there. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through the dry places seeking rest. That word dry there, Don, do we have it? The dry places. Dry means without water. Don't get ahead of me, Don. It means waterless. Oh, 
Come on, guys. He's looking for a dry place. This spirit, this, this spirit that is a disembodied spirit that needs a body to inhabit is looking for a dry place. Oh, I wonder how many of you sitting here tonight are dry. I wonder how many of you, hey, you just are dry spiritually. You just are depressed. You're just sad. You just, it's been a long time since you've been in the word of God. It's been a long time since you really drank of his presence. It's been a long time since you sat in a place of praise and worship and really just were overcome by, 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 by the spirit of God, the presence of God in your life. I wonder if you're dry. I think we get in dry spiritual places because we don't, we aren't intentional about our time with the Lord. Because the Bible says that, that those who believe in him, springs of living water will, will begin to bubble up within you. And if you're dry tonight, I just want to tell you, get on your face before the Lord until those springs start bubbling. I want to tell you to put on some praise and worship music until those springs start bubbling out of you again. Put on, get in the word of God and start marching through your house, quoting scripture until those springs of living water begin to bubble out of you because the devil is looking for dry places. That's what he loves. They love it. He he loves it. He loves it. You say, Rhea, Christians can't be possessed by the devil. You're exactly right. But the Bible says don't give place to them. Don't give them an opportunity to function in your life. Don't, that word is topos, place, topos. It's where we get our word topography, and it means a territory in your life. Mm. Don't give them a place, an occasion to act. And he's looking for dry places, waterless places. Oh, stay with me. Lord, help me here. See, he doesn't like water. Because in the Bible, what is the water symbolic of? The Holy Spirit. Oh, he doesn't want a believer anointed. The Bible says, be ye filled. It means a continuous filling. It means I'm intentional about going back. Mama said, Rhea, you need to stay under the spout where the glory comes out. You need to be intentional about getting filled up with the Holy Spirit day in and day out. You need to be intentional about positioning yourself under the spout where the glory comes out. We're, we're intentional about positioning ourselves in front of the television. We're intentional about positioning ourselves in front of the bachelor. We're intentional about positioning ourselves in front of Starbucks and a newspaper. But are you intentional about positioning yourself in front of the presence of God and getting filled up with the Holy Spirit. No wonder we're lifeless because it's the springs of living water that bring us life. Remember, Spirit, life-giving force. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving force. If you're feeling lifeless tonight, that's your answer. The word says he's searching for a dry place. That word place is the exact same word as don't give place to the devil. It's topos. Same word. He's looking for a dry place, seeking rest. I, I, I always struggled with this scripture because I was like, seeking rest? And as I was meditating on this passage, I, I thought, you know, a devil, a demon, a spirit needs rest? I don't understand that. And, uh, but you know what I think he's seeking? Kelsey, he wants your rest. He wants my rest. You see, when I'm at peace, when I'm at rest, he does not want that. 
He doesn't want me filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, saturated in his presence, overflowing with peace that passes all understanding and joy unspeakable. He does not want us at rest because come to me all ye who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you what? Rest. He doesn't want us at rest. He's seeking rest. He wants to take our feet out from under us. Mm. He's looking for dry places and he's seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house. Oh, do you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? That he dwells within you. Our son Mike, we saw him yesterday, and he just moved here from um, Florida. And he, uh, had a, he had signed a lease for an apartment in Florida. And uh, yesterday he was telling me how he is working two jobs. I said, oh, Mikey, why are you working two jobs? That's too much. You, you shouldn't be working two jobs. You need a life. And, and he says, well, he said, you know, I didn't finish my lease in Florida before I moved back home, and I still have a couple months on my lease. I said, hey, big guy, can you not sublet that lease? Can you, not, can you not get somebody else to rent that out for you? And when I said it, I immediately thought about this scripture, and I thought about you and I and how we are bought with the price. Oh, can I tell you, we have been bought with the price, the price of Calvary. He paid for us on the cross of Calvary. We are his. He is the owner, the Lord of our life, is he not? But sometimes we choose to sublet to give up territory in our life. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it, oh, stay with me, empty, swept, and put in order. Oh, guys, this just got me so much. That word empty means it hasn't been filled back up. Can I tell you, you can try to clean up your life all you want. You can, you can put it back your shoulders and just suck it up and try to break an addiction. But can I tell you, you can sweep it clean all you want, but unless you fill it back up with power from on high, you don't stand a chance. He's going to get a buddy and come back twice as strong. Anything that gets emptied out needs to be filled back up with the Holy Spirit. Be ye filled, continuous filling of the Holy Spirit empty, swept, and here's what I love the very most, put in order. Anybody know what that word is in the original language? Decorate it. I was talking to Les about this. Decorate it. She said, Rhea, what does that mean? Oh, I said, something that's decorated looks super good. I, I wish I could find me an interior designer to decorate better than I'm able to, but, but you know, when you have a decorator, oh, it's good. It looks super good. And what that makes me think about is whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. You look super good on the outside. You're well decorated. Well, you know, we look good on the outside kind of Christians. You're empty, swept, and well decorated. Prime. Prime. That's what he's looking for. He wants a dry place that's empty and well decorated. Flip over to the story about the, the um, 
uh, uh, the Gadarenes. Let me see if I can find that passage for you. It's when Jesus goes across the, the, the lake and he gets out at the, the, uh, the country of Gadarenes. It's Luke chapter 8, verse 26. This is the last thing I want to show you and then I'll let you go. They sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there, I met, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. He wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he hath commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? In Bible times, they believed if someone knew your name, they had power over you. Because they knew your character, they knew what you were made up of. Jesus said to him, that's why it's so important that we know the names of Jesus, that we know his character, that we know who he is. Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion. I used to think that that word Legion meant I have a lot of them. There are a lot of us here. <laughs> do you know what that word Legion really means in the original language? John, Don, do we have that definition, Legion. A legion, a body of soldiers whose number is different at different times, but it means a Roman regiment. I looked up the word regiment in the, in the dictionary, and it means, Don, do we have that? A very strictly organized or controlled company of soldiers. When somebody is regimented, what does that mean? They're really strict there. Do we have that one? They're, they're strictly organized. Very regimented. Dave and I, when we were raising seven children, were very regimented. We had to be. You can't raise seven children without being that way. Do you know that the enemy is very strategic? He's regimented. He's organized. His plans and his tactics are carefully planned. And you and I are fighting against an enemy who is organized, who's regimented, who has a lot of soldiers in battle with him. He says, what is your name? And, and the, the man answered, Legion, that he would, and, uh, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. This is important. Now a herd of many swine was, fit, was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him, look at it again, they're begging him, that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Look at that. They begged him to let them enter the pigs. That word enter there it, it is uh, a metaphor for uh, the thoughts that come to mind. It means to enter in. And they begged him to let them enter into those pigs and to not send them to the, to, to the abyss. It's the same word that's used in Matthew 12, 45, the one we just read that says that he goes and takes with him seven under other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter and dwell there. Same word. 
But I want you to look what happened. The demon said, no, 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 don't send us away. If we can't stay here in this man, because they recognize Jesus' authority, and, and, and every, they will bow. Can I tell you, we have been given authority. Luke uh, 10, 19 says that, that all authority has been given to us to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all, not some, all the power of the enemy and nothing can harm us. If you don't memorize another scripture, that's a good one for you to memorize because when the enemy comes knocking, and he will, you need to say, no, 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 wait a second. I'm resisting you because all authority has been given to me. You're a defeated foe and I have the power to overcome all, not some, all the power of the enemy. And I'm resisting you and you must flee. You must flee from my family. You have to flee from my marriage. You have to flee from my finances. You have to flee from my work environment. You have to flee from my health. You have to flee because I got me some authority and I understand that, that I am overcoming all your power, not some. And nothing can harm me. What would happen, church, if we really got this? What would happen if we really got it? So... The demon says, you know, the, the spirit, the demons in this man say, please, don't, you know, just let us enter some. We need some dry places. Can we enter? Because we need some place to dwell. We're disembodied spirits and we need a place to dwell. Can you send us into those pigs? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What do the pigs do? Somebody tell me. They run right where? What are demons like? Dry places, they can't stand water. Even pigs know that. Can I just tell you, those pigs run right to the water. That is so stinking good. Anybody besides me think that's good? I think that's so awesome. I just will get this tape myself and listen to it because you don't understand how good that is. That is good stuff. They're looking for dry places, waterless places. So then, guess what happens? The demons leave that man, and, and, and they find him, what's the word? Clothed and in his right mind. Oh, I could park there and preach all night long on that one. Because the Bible says to clothe yourself with Christ. To clothe yourself with Christ. He's clothed and in his right mind. Do, do, do you know what that word right mind means, Don? Do we have it? There we go. To be of sound mind. To be in one's right mind. To exercise self-control because the enemy really does not like. What self-control is a fruit of what? The Holy Spirit. Uh, it's part of resisting, isn't it? It's part of submitting. I'm going to have self-control. To be in the right mind is to have self-control and to curb one's passions. What is a disembodied spirit? It's passions. He wants you. He comes with passions, with desires, with affections. A spirit of lust, a spirit of envy, a spirit of what? Perversion, a spirit of gluttony, a spirit of greed, a spirit of jealousy, a spirit of what? Infirmity. <laughs> Looking for some dry places. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. Again, that word place means an opportunity or an occasion to act. Do you understand that every day of our life, there are two opposing forces at work in our life? And we have a choice which one we submit to. Submit to God. Resist the devil, 
and he will flee. But instead, he comes and we listen to him. We give him real estate in our mind. We give him territory in our mind. We start meditating on his lies. We start meditating on his deception. We let the fowler put us in a trap. We, we take a spirit of offense. Do you understand that offense is a trap? It's a trap. The, Jesus said, you can be sure that offense will come, but woe to the man through whom it comes. That word offense is scandalon. It's the part of the trap where the bait is kept. He's saying it's a trap, and the, the enemy is a fowler. He is a trapper, and he wants to get you trapped, and he does it with a spirit of offense. Don't give place to the devil. Are you with me? Am I just, just this is this one, like this? Are you, are you getting it? So, from now on, when offense comes, we need to say, hey, wait a second. I'm not meditating on that offense. I'm not meditating on her looking at me the wrong way or saying that ugly thing to me. I'm not being offended because I understand it's a trap and it's a spirit looking for a place to get some residency in my mind. And I am not giving it to him. I'm going to resist that thing with everything I have. I'm going to say to the Lord, I'm going to love, 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 love. I am not taking on offense because I understand that I'm the apple of your eye. And whoever touches me touches the apple of my eye, of your eye, Lord. And I understand that you are right the wrongs. I understand that you're with me like a mighty warrior and that you fight my battles for me, that I don't need to fight them myself. My job is to love. Oh, no man, nothing except the continuing debt to love one another. And I'm going to submit to your word. I'm not taking offense. I'm not going to strike back. I'm going to submit to your word and I'm going to love the daylights out of that person. And in doing so, I will resist the devil. I'll get out of his trap and he will have no power and authority in my life and nothing can harm me. Oh, that's so good. Don't be unaware this week. Be alert for your enemy is like a lion, prowling, roaming, looking for vulnerabilities and weaknesses and seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. You are part of the resistance. You have a force within you that will enable you to do that. Tap into that this week, Ray. Use it. Ask him to make you more sensitive. Ask him to give you eyes to see the trap before you step into it. Over and over we see in Scripture, don't be unaware of the enemy's schemes. He wants to get you when you're not looking. He wants to get you when you're weak. He wants to get you when you're vulnerable. Don't be unaware. And use the force that's within you. So, Father, we just thank you and we praise you for your word. Oh, Lord, it's so powerful. I just love it. Lord, I love your word. And I just ask you, Father, would you just continue to bring revelation and understanding, Father? Would you give us a sensitivity to when we're giving place, giving an opportunity for the enemy to act? Lord, we know that he doesn't have any, any authority. The only authority he has is what we surrender to him, just like Adam and Eve did. And so, Lord, make us aware when we're surrendering authority, when we are giving place. 
Father, I pray that we would issue some eviction notices tonight. Father, that our house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would just, uh, we ask you afresh and anew, Lord, just to saturate us tonight with your presence. And we issue an eviction notice. I issue an eviction notice for, for the people sitting here tonight. And we say any spirit of, uh, of despair, it needs to go now in the name of Jesus. And, and, and we're, we're just sealing that thing back up. And, and, and we're asking you, Lord, to fill them back up with, with such hope that just overflows. And such a, such a, such a, just a sense of well-being and peace that passes all understanding. We just command any spirit of fear that's taken up residency to go in the name of Jesus. We're issuing an eviction notice tonight and we're telling it to go in Jesus name and I'm just asking Father that you seal up that dry place with, with such peace that passes all understanding with such oh Lord with such a sense Lord of your presence Father I pray that you'd fill them afresh and anew with your sweet Holy Spirit we say to any spirit of suicide you are done tonight in the name of Jesus you have to go And Father, I pray that you would seal up that place with more of you, with your sweet, sweet Holy Spirit. Any spirit of rejection, we're issuing an eviction notice tonight. You need to go in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you would fill them with such a sense that they are accepted in the beloved, that they are approved by you and dearly loved. any spirit of perversion, any sexual spirit that anyone has given place to, I take authority over tonight and I issue an eviction notice. You need to go in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that you would fill that space with such purity. Oh, Lord God, with such holiness with such a commitment, Lord, to righteousness that you would overflow them, Lord, with your sweet Holy Spirit. Any spirit of infirmity, hmm, I absolutely issue an eviction notice tonight. You got to find a new place to reside, a new dry place, but it will not be in anybody in this room in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that the spirit of the living God, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, their healer, the bomb in Gilead, the great physician is filling them afresh and anew with wholeness, Lord God, with deliverance, Father God. with health and well-being. Mm. And any spirit of poverty. I issue an eviction notice tonight. Because I got a God who makes all men rich. 
and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he tells me that I don't have because I don't ask, so I'm asking tonight, Lord God. That you, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, their provider, would fill them afresh and anew with a sense, Lord God, that you'll be their great I am, that you will provide in ways that they can't even dream or imagine, that they can rest in you. Any spirit that's blinding the eyes of unbelievers in this place tonight, I issue an eviction notice. You need to go in the name of Jesus. Eyes be opened. And I pray for a spirit of revelation to fill them. Lord, the Holy Spirit, their teacher, to instruct and lead them in the way that is right. And any spirit of death, I issue an eviction notice. For it is in him the Lord Jesus Christ, that we live and move and have our being, and we will live and not die, and we will declare the praises of the Lord. So, Father, fill them afresh and anew with your sweet Holy Spirit. And any spirit of self-hatred, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that you would fill each of those people with a sense of, of, with the knowledge that they are your chosen possession, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, handpicked, chosen by you, that they are accepted in the beloved and dearly loved. They are the apple of your eye. And you have called them to yourself. Jesus. Jesus. Come Holy Spirit and fill us afresh and anew. Rain down. Saturate us, Lord, with your very being from the top of our heads to the tips of our toes. I pray, Lord God, for a sense of your manifestation of your presence. Fill us, fire of God. The wind of the Holy Spirit just sweep through this place now in the name of Jesus. Give us a passion, a hunger for more of you. Yes, Lord, any spirit of complacency, I issue a conviction, an eviction notice. You have to go in the name of Jesus. 
And I pray for the wind of the Holy Spirit to stir, stir, stir passion and hunger and desire for the things of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you've given us authority. That for whatever reason, Lord, you have chosen to partner with us, Lord God. That you have delegated authority to us. And it's that authority that we wield tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you that it's not by might and it's not by any power of ours. It is by your spirit, says the Lord. And Father God, I give you glory and honor and praise. Seal it up tonight, Lord. Never to return again. These are blood-bought children of the Lord, sealed with the Holy Spirit, covered with the blood of Jesus. An army of soldiers who will no longer give place to the devil. sold out, laid down lovers of his the king of kings and the lord of lords the master of our life the owner of our house the general that enlisted us we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus name thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe a division of Snowdrop Ministries for more information about RIA or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both encouraged and challenged to go deeper and grow stronger in your walk with Christ.